Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University, a company focused on the training and development of coaches, kickers, punters, and snappers. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. The only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers awards, television shows, reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, there's the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Episode 24 of the podcast welcomes coach Eric Lodge, current head coach for Sanford Seminole High School. In his first year as head coach, Coach Lodge led the Seminoles to an undefeated regular season that concluded with the 8A Florida State Football Championship. He was later named the overall Florida Dairy Farmers High School Football Coach of the Year. What an impressive journey, Coach Lodge. I'm excited to catch up with you today and talk about your story and your plans moving forward. How are you doing today? I'm doing. I'm doing. Having a good day. Um, I'm excited to be here, you know, and I'm appreciative of you having me on. Yeah, not many people know, but we are not old friends. We just met, I think, I want to say less than a month ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think what brought us together is a, obviously a love of football. And Coach Lodge is a, is a winner. I mean, he's proven himself. He hasn't been a head coach very long. He won a state championship. He was recognized amongst some very, very good peers as being the overall Florida high school coach of the year. And I have a firm belief, and I, I learned this this past month, that Coach Lodge places an emphasis on what my favorite part of the game is, and that's special teams. So my first question for you, I see you were the Seminoles at Sanford, uh, the defensive coordinator prior to being named head coach last year. Can you tell me what special teams meant to you as a DC and how this impacted the emphasis you place on special teams as a head coach? Yeah, you know, I mean, being a defensive coordinator, special teams is huge for me. You know, you know, we, we kind of have the motto here that punt is the most important play in football. You know, you can really change the tide of a game. You can change field position. And, uh, you know, as, as far as defense goes, you know, that, kind of keeps points off the board or on the board, you know, and it's really, you know, you put a big strain on the, on the offense, you know, if you can back them up and, you know, kind of flip field position, you know, and also if, if it doesn't go your way, you can put a big strain on yourself. So, you know, we, uh, we, we place a big emphasis on all of our special teams, but, you know, punt probably being first and foremost, you know, what we really try to hammer home. Yeah, I asked you that because 
I spent some time in Gainesville when Urban Meyer was there. I, I got to work with a lot of his specialists and his, his time in Gainesville. And I would pick the brains of his assistants. And one was his current or not current, but one was at the time his current DC. And he explained to me how they have a hidden yardage analysis after each game. And one that stood out to him was an SEC championship game against Alabama a few years back. The Gators had a 240-yard positive differential in the punting reps alone. That is, that's a decent offensive performance against a, a very good defense, right? So I, I think it is of the utmost importance to establish an emphasis on winning the punting game, especially because, yeah, it's, it's where we start on defense. Uh, it's a direct result of our performance on that previous play. So I really appreciate that. And it's evident that you guys are, in fact, winning this third of the game often because you were able to to go perfect this year. And that, that that's incredible. I don't believe that many teams that are, are good or great on offense and defense, but neglect special teams are the ones that make it to the end. I think it's the teams that place an emphasis on every single second of what could go good or bad for us. So I have enjoyed watching your recent success uh, since we've met. You know, I read up on you a little bit, uh, listened to a lot of your interviews um, the past few months, just because what you did was a, a phenomenal thing for your community and, and for your program, especially. And one thing that stands out to me is your humility. You're a very humble individual, uh, especially for a leader of men. Um, and you're the first person to credit others before yourself. And to me, that, that, that really stands out. Uh, I've noticed that many effective coaches tend to share this trait among others. Uh, so what are some other traits that you think are essential to being a good and effective head football coach? You know, I think the probably the most important trait that you can have uh, to be a good and effective coach is to just be yourself. Um, you know, I think sometimes people uh, see other people and the way they do things and they try to kind of emulate them and kind of, you know, might not always be true to who they are. And, you know, to be honest with you, when I think the kids kind of see right through that, I think your peers see right through that. Um, so I think the biggest thing is to just be yourself. You know, secondly, you know, is to be able to build relationships and uh, get to know your players on an individual level, not only to, you know, kind of further them as a man and as a player, but, you know, to kind of get to know what, what makes them tick a little bit. And, uh, you know, not everybody needs to get treated the same way. You know, some, some kids need a, a foot in the butt and some kids need a, you know, a hug, you know, and I think being able to figure that out, you know, and just being true to yourself really will allow you to get the most out of your guys. I love what you said. Uh, I can't recall who it was, but it was a legend coach and he was famous for saying it is I, I treat everyone differently. I think it was Jimmy Johnson now that I'm thinking about it. And he was very candid. Uh, and his response to to that question, and he he was asked that a lot, and and at Miami and Dallas, and he had no qualms about being being forthcoming with, hey man, I I treat everyone uniquely because everyone's unique, and I I think it's very cliche to say otherwise, and I don't think anyone really does, in fact, treat everyone the exact same way. Uh, we're humans, right. I think, and I think people have different needs. So I, I love what you said there. I also. Uh, imagine that you're very good at delegation. You're, you're okay with relinquishing things that you're good at because you are in fact the head coach and you have, obviously you have kid, people, kids that are, that are exceptional at executing your game plan. And you probably have some excellent assistants. 
that carry out your plan as well. So I think delegation is huge and it's something I'm learning as a coach. You know, I have a couple of assistants under me and I've noticed that I've noticed as I gave them more and more power or, or, or decisions to, to do things with our athletes, the more pride they take in their work. So I, I imagine you do that as well. And um, I, I'm sure that your assistants and your players are grateful for it. Uh, my next question for you, because uh, this quote you've had, it stood out. Uh, it's come out a lot, I, I've noticed. And you say that we do not want to coach you for four years. We want to coach you for 40 years. You also credit your time playing at Okeechobee under coaches Branham and Ty Smith. Those individuals gave you the foundation to be where you're at today. What does the word coach mean to you? And what is a coach's primary role on a team? You know, firstly, when I, when I think of like what I want a coach to be and what a coach means to me, you know, I come from a single parent household and, you know, those guys were my father figures and those were the men in my life that were really there kind of showing me how to grow up as a young kid and how to act. And, uh, you know, that's what kind of got me started um, as a coach and wanted, you know, kind of drove me to do this. And, you know, I want to do that for, for my guys and be there. You know, I've, like I said, I, I try to build a personal relationship with my players and, uh, you know, I always want them to know that, Hey, even after you move on here, you know, coach lodge is going to be there for you with whatever you need. You know, if you need a letter of recommendation, I got that. If you, if you need a job, you know what, I'm going to hit up all my people and try to get you a job. If you need a car, I'm going to try to <laughs> try to find hit up the people that, you know, we can, we can try to hook you up with a deal. So, you know, it's, uh, with whatever these guys need, you know, like for 40 years, I mean, we're one day we're all going to grow old together and you're still going to call me coach. And to me, you'll still be my player. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm for them and I'm with them, you know, for 40 years, forever, really. The, uh, the role of a coach, you know, I, th I think, you know, like we touched on it earlier, you know, you, you really just need to be yourself and, you know, kind of, take the team and, and the players to places that they wouldn't go normally on their own. So, you know, it's, they need that. They need, they need to be pushed. They need a foot in their butt. Sometimes they need a hug. They need, you know, to just come in and vent, you know, and sometimes they need to be told hard truths. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not always going to be peaches and, and everything's going great. You know, I think, you know, when you really love somebody and you really love your players, you can be honest with them and uh, just kind of, you know, let them know what they need to do to be always better themselves. We say all the time on this show that football is a microcosm of life. Uh, football, essentially, a team is a family and the head coach is the father, if you will, or, or a parent, a parental figure with guys who assist him in that role. And I think that because football is becoming so competitive at all levels um, these little things like culture uh, a family unit per se um, I'm going to be there with you regardless not just on the field during football hours I think it's vital to the success of a program because if you're equal in a building you play a team that has a better culture like that I would bet on that team I'd bet on that team to beat you I, I think that it's almost a must now to establish a culture that it's, it's nurturing, you know, of course, the football and the, the instructions being given and all those things, the obvious, the re recruiting assistance. But like you said, I think kids can see through uh, the coaches that treat them as a means to an end. 
you know, as a state championship. And then I get to go coach in Georgia. And then I get to go coach in a, in a college program. And I get to work my way up to an FBS program. I think coaches with that mindset tend to burn out. And I think it's because of the relationships that aren't established because they aren't being themselves. So I, I love what you say. It's a full circle. Uh, I'm going to take a break and going to acknowledge one of our sponsors. I want to uh, take a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it provides sellers a verified return process. For sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers of $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Now back to the show. Winning a state championship is something that I've never accomplished as a player or a coach. Uh, I played and coached at Mainland High School you're very familiar with. We actually played Seminole High School several times. So I did as a player and a coach. Um, but for 12 years as a coach at Mainland, we did win a lot of games. A major component of our success was the emphasis we placed on the kicking game. Special teams periods were spread throughout practice, starters played on all units, and a purpose for every unit each week was established. Can you explain your program's mindset when it comes to special teams, and what are your team's plans to get better in this third of the game in 2021? Um, like we said at the beginning, you know, special teams is a huge emphasis that, that we place in our program. We practice it every single day. We dedicate 30 minutes every, every practice to special teams. You know, we, we kind of break it up into, into kick periods and individual periods just for special teams. And I think some people may just as approach it as, hey, it's the, it's the redheaded stepchild or just trying to get through it and, and do our thing. You know, we try to place our best players on special teams um, and we try to gain an advantage. You know, in, in the five years that I've been at Seminole, we've lost six games. And at least half of those games, I can recall huge special teams moments that really changed the tide of the game. In 2016, in the state semifinals, uh, we lost in double overtime and we missed a field goal from the three yard line, you know, off the upright. You know, earlier in the game, we gave up a punt return for a touchdown. And, you know, if you take, if you take the punt return off, we're not even in overtime. You know, if, if we make the field goal, you know, now we're in triple overtime. We also missed a field goal at the end of regulation, you know, so there's so many opportunities to put us in the state championship, you know, and who knows, you know, we could be sitting here with two or three, you know, the next year we play, we're playing a pop in the, in the uh, playoffs and, you know, it's a back and forth game and we, we fumble a kickoff return. So just like I said, in, in, in all of those games, whether it was a blocked punt, a punt return given up, a missed field goal, a box snap, you know, a bad punt, you know, where they just got a good field position, you know, it's, uh, it's something that kind of changed the momentum, put a team in scoring position, killed, killed a drive for us. And, uh, 
you know, just, just allowed the team to stay in the game, you know, and when two good teams are, are playing at a high level, um, every little thing matters and every point counts. And, uh, you know, special teams, points are going on the board or coming off the board most of the time. And uh, I think that it's, it's huge around here and it's something that, that we really try to drive home to the kids. Yeah, I think by no mistake that, that your Cardinal Gibbons, is, I don't know if you know coach down there, but coach DeBuck is a good friend of mine. And I'm noticing these, these St. Thomas Aquinas these American heritage, they are very sound in that third of the game. They obviously have offense and defense and that's what everyone talks about. But um, I can recall a Miami central team a few years back that had went and found a, a kicker off the soccer team and, and, and a, and a punter who was a freak from Jamaica. I don't know where they found him, but he, they, they, they beat us in the third of the game that we were best at, which was in my opinion, special teams. We thought for sure that we could undoubtedly take that from them. And um, I'm noticing that the, the, the teams that are rising when the, the, the cream rises to the top, it's the, it's the teams that leave no stones unturned. And I think that that's excellent. I think it's, it's a, until it's not a part of the game, it, it's a critical part of the game. I want to transition to a, to a question, but before I do that, I want to share a, a memory of Sanford Seminole. You were still playing at Okeechobee. I looked it up last night, but one of my first years coaching special teams at Mainland, we had to travel to you for a district championship. And it was a big game. And for whatever reason, Vince Carter uh, was in town in Daytona and he wanted to catch the game. So he had his family come over and they were on our sideline. And we obviously wanted to win that game for him. That was the only time I can recall that he was on the sideline when I was coaching. And it came down to uh, 21-20, Sanford is up. We have to hit the extra point in the fourth quarter to probably take it into overtime because there wasn't much time left. And our best player, in my opinion, was our left guard at the time. And he decided that this was such a routine play. I'm just gonna just gonna kind of take it off. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give too much effort. And we lost protection in the A gap. And um kid put his paw up and the kick was not hit as high as it probably should have been. And it was blocked. We we lost the district title and an eventual, who knows? I think Sanford that year went to the third round. Um, because of a, a seemingly like mundane play like extra point which it isn't. If you look at it like it is, you're going to get killed. You're going to get beat. And we did. We got beat that night. And I never treated extra point quite the same in practice ever again. And, and it was a lesson learned. So my last question for you, coach, is I have a lot of high school coaches and specialists that listen to the show for obvious reasons. And I think it would be awesome to hear from you as to hypothetically, you're going into the spring. Hopefully we, we have a spring season. Everyone knows it may not happen, but let's just say we do. We have a spring and let's just say hypothetically that you are in need of a kicker or you're in need of a punter because someone's graduating or both are graduating. What does a head coach or what should a head coach do to identify how to fill that void for the next year? And what do you look for in a specialist, particularly a kicker, punter, snapper? You know, I think the first thing that that I look for is, you know, a, a kid that is not scared of being out there in front of everybody in the limelight, you know, a, as a as a punter, kicker and long snapper, you know, sometimes, you know, like, a, as we've said, you know, that the the operation in that game kind of just it becomes monotonous and people just think, oh, you're going to snap it and kick it and hold it and it's just going to go through on your extra point. And, you know, really that kid is standing out there alone and, 
you know, it's almost like shooting a free throw. You know, you got a, a technical foul to shoot. Everybody stops and now they're looking at you. And, uh, you know, so I, I think, you know, the first thing that I look for is a kid that can stand out there. You know what? Hey, snap the ball to the punter. You know, that's, that's a huge thing and not get nervous. Um, you know, hey, catch the ball and kick it as a punter. You know, take the appropriate steps and kick the ball. You know, the way I've been coached, the way I've repped as a kicker, you know, hold the ball and place it on the block as a holder, you know, and to, to not be nervous in the moment and be able to get it done. So I look for savvy kids and guys that, you know, like I said, you know, guys, guys that are savvy and have have some some little uh, a little swag to them, you know, um, next you know, obviously a kid that, that is an athlete that can go out and, and do what's being coached, you know, as a, as a, a long snapper, it's like, Hey, you know, who can throw and run and who's the most athletic kid on the team as a kicker, you know, it's obviously we look for a guy that can kick, um, you know, it's not toe kicking it, but you know, somebody that has, a, has a little bit of, uh, you know, athleticism to them and can do all sorts of things, you know, and that's kind of the first things that we look for. I love it. No, I think that makes perfect sense. Nick Saban said it best. Uh, I treat my kickers like assassins because they only get one shot. We don't get redos. You may not even get a kick again. So when you go out there, you've you got to execute. So I, I think you'll agree with this is I, I think we, we have to look for specialists who are self-motivated and who are very disciplined because oftentimes our practice is nowhere near as structured, if structured at all, in comparison to offense and defense. We have to find, I don't know, 75% of the time, we have to find some way to be productive without overworking ourselves. That takes a lot of discipline. That takes a lot of knowledge. Uh, and, and if you don't have that background knowledge, it takes being resourceful, you know, seeking out guys like myself who have a passion in this. But I just, I really want to thank you for, for your outlook on things. I, I think you're doing a phenomenal job because your kids listen to you, your athletes listen to you, and you're doing them uh, a service by getting them prepared and having them think about teams in high school, because when they go to college, your foreign stars and your, if you have a five-star, they're probably going to get their first sniff at a high level on a, uh, you know, as a gunner uh, on punt or uh, as a L1 on kickoff or, you know, a left wing on field goal. These things um, are usually filled by, by, by kids that are able and ready to play, but not quite ready to play on offense and defense. So it's a great way to get acclimated to the speed of the game. So I, I cannot thank you enough, Coach, for your emphasis you put and you're currently placing on special teams. It means a lot to everyone at Fourth Down Focus as well that you, you were able to share your story. Uh, I always ask, uh, could you please – uh, share with the audience maybe how they can follow your progress, uh, maybe social media. Yeah, so you can follow our team's progress on Twitter at SS Knowles Football, um, on Facebook at Seminole High School Fighting Knowles um, Football Program. You can follow me on Twitter at Elodge4. Um, any of those ways you can kind of follow our progress as a team and my personal progress. Thank you again, Coach. It means a lot to all of us. Please give us a like. Subscribe to the show and share with a friend. If you have questions related to Fourth Down Focus, uh, suggestions for future topics, perhaps a guest you'd like to hear, or if you just have feedback, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, several ways. My website is 4thDownU, that's 4th 
D-O-W-N-U.com. It has endless resources for specialists and coaches of specialists. On social media, you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at 4thDownU. That's at 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, I am at Dan Space Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thank you again for joining us at 4th Down Focus. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. I hope 2021 is treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.